When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Performance Anxiety features Kelly Scott. He's the drummer for the band Failure. He's also a big fan of mixed martial arts. Back in October, I spoke with him from a sports show, 8-Ball Sports. With Failure going on tour in March with Swerve Driver, it's a great time to revisit this interview. We talk about recording the new Failure album and the upcoming tour. Give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at PerformanceANX. And check out Failure on Instagram at FailureBandIG. Please enjoy Kelly Scott on this episode of Performance Anxiety. Kelly Scott of the band Failure, and you're listening to Performance Anxiety. Kelly, how you doing tonight? I'm good. This is a great reception. Yeah, oh. About it, I don't think I've ever been on Skype this long without it doing something stupid. Oh man, now you just ruined it. It's just all jinx now. No, you, no, it's gonna be fine. You know it's what's you know what's funny that I'll have um, hopefully I've had really good luck. I don't think I've ever lost video with somebody on that. There was something weird. Remember Jordan? We lost Jordan for a minute. Yeah, but he's he lives in Canada, so uh, I'm gonna blame oh, it yeah. on. They don't have internet yet. Right. He, he had a, a string in a can. Yeah, uh, with, uh, the border. Exactly. So we, Jordan uh, from Blink of the Star was on with us, and uh, yeah, about midway through, we lost uh, we, we lost him for a minute. I kept that in, by the way, because yeah, was, no, things got really good. Yeah, I know he was he was gone, and things got funny. Then he came back on, and we just kind of you know got back to normal again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, the reason I wanted to have you on is talk to you a little bit about. Uh, MMA. There's a big yep. fight coming up. Conor McGregor and some guy named Kebab Nurmagomedov. Steve Nurmagomedov. Okay, there you go. Yeah. So this is, I don't know anything about MMA. And this fight is happening on my wedding anniversary, October 6th. Okay. Yep. Oh, cool. How many years? Uh, it'll, what are we, 2018? It'll be 17 years. Dude, you need to get to that a lot faster. I know. <laughs> well, fortunately, my wife doesn't listen to this show. Like, if there's one thing you need to know, that. I know. You'd think after 17 years I'd know that. I'm, that's helpful, too. Yeah. I, I was smart in one regard. I huh. When I proposed to my wife and uh, she said yes, she asked, you know, when do we, when do we want to get married? And I threw out October 6th, which was the anniversary of our first date. Oh, yeah. So good. I used my brain on that one. No, that's good. I've, I've actually got... I didn't think about that. So I have a few anniversaries. I have the, our main, and we just had our wedding anniversary on the 22nd. Oh, uh, congratulations. Yeah. For six years, we've been married. Um, but our, uh, uh, in my mind, our main anniversary is when the universe brought us together, which is uh, May 15th, 2008. Okay. 
is the day that she basically sent me a MySpace message saying, I'm a photographer and I shoot live shows. I see you're a musician. If you're playing sometime, um, you know, and it's this whole long MySpace thing. And I'm like, well, as a matter of fact, I'm playing tonight. Why don't you come down if you're available? Da, 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 da. And we talk a little bit more for our first anniversary. I actually printed that out on nice paper and got it framed and everything. Oh, man. But that scored some big points. Yeah. I'm constantly scoring big points. I'm I, co- I love being in love. Well, the cool thing is Priscilla's show uh, for my other podcast, Performance Anxiety, will be coming out the same day that this podcast comes out because we're recording this one a little late this week and uh, it'll be out Friday and so will Priscilla's. So that'll, that's, so <laughs> it's like kismet. Nice. And cool. uh, your dogs are awesome, by the way. They make yeah, it. There, there's people walking outside. Uh, they make an appearance on Priscilla's show too. I think it's Priscilla. She's uh, on her way back soon. So, all right, so with MMA, does Priscilla get into L- to MMA, or do you, is that something um, you have to watch on your own? We used to do this thing where um, she she likes it. She doesn't love it. Um, she doesn't normally watch it with me. But we used to do this thing where every weekend, because it's on almost every weekend, or at least twice a month. Right. Uh, UFC has different showings, uh, either on TV or pay-per-view or they have their uh, uh, fight pass thing now. Is that why it's like UFC 285 or something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, also, it's been going on for 25 years. Okay. Because I remember it with, with WrestleMania, it was like WrestleMania 1, and then it was an entire year until 2, and then another year until 3. Yeah. So. Every, every pay-per-view event has a number. But it's been going on since, well, it, it started 25 years ago with UFC 1, which was basically a tough man competition bartenders and bouncers and karate guys. And there was a sumo guy and, uh, you know, a bunch of street brawlers and it was just the wild, wild west. Oh man. And people showed up and you had to fight several matches in the same day. And oh, it was geez. just like that, uh, uh, that Dennis Quaid movie. I can't remember what it was called in the eighties where he's like this horrible fighter and he's got to like beat people up all day long and, you know, he's going to win some money and uh, trophies. I think I know which one you're talking about. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, and it's this elimination thing that went on for like, I think, over three days or something. That's kind of how it started. And, and Hoist Gracie actually won the first one. You probably don't know. Hoist Gracie no. was the smallest guy. He was literally my size, but about 6'1". <laughs> so he's 6'1 so, and skinny. Weighed, yeah, he weighed like probably 180 pounds, maybe. Wow. But he was a jujitsu specialist, which at the time no one had ever heard of this thing. Okay. So he walked in there and he literally took everyone out and won this competition. Jeez. Um, and he won the next one the next year. Oh, wow. Um, I can't remember whether he won. My, my historical recollection is a little spotty. Like, I saw the first one and the second one. I don't think I saw the third one. Then I kind of wasn't really into it. And then I got back into it, like, semi-hardcore maybe 15 years ago. And then, like, right around probably 13, 14 years ago, I watch it every time it's on. Okay. And now shows it, like, pretty much every weekend. It's a Fox-sponsored thing. Um, okay. but it's no longer a tough guy competition. 
it, it literally is you take uh, uh, jujitsu, uh, grappling, wrestling, striking. Um, it's just it's all these different types of fighting that each fighter more or less has to become a master at. Okay. Because the guy he's fighting is probably a master at it. All right. And that's the only way you can make it through the ranks up into the top 10, 15. Okay. Um, you can have like one really great discipline like wrestling or something. Because if you're a great wrestler, you can take the guy down and basically neutralize his standing striking game. Okay. Um, okay. So, but generally every guy has to know every discipline. Oh, God. Extreme. Um, because it's just every the, it's changed so quickly. Like just in the last five years, the way dudes are fighting is just on another level. Is there a difference between UFC and MMA? Are there two different leagues, or is it are there different rules? Or UFC is the league, MMA is the fighting style, mixed martial arts. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, there there was uh, a one called Strike Force. Um, that was kind of UFC's main competition for a while. Yeah. Um, they went out of business like, uh, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago. A lot okay. of guys from Strike Force came over to the UFC. Okay. So- um, actually, what they did is like when some of them came over, like the top two guys would come over in a weight class, and then they would fight to hold the UFC belt for that weight class. Okay. They, they started a bunch of new weight classes and. Um, it was really cool. It it actually made their roster like really rich in talent. What are before there was Pride, which was in Japan. I I am and familiar I, with that. Yeah, Pride was kind of the same thing, but it was still a little bit of the wild wild west where you could have like a two hundred pound guy fighting a three hundred and fifteen pound guy. <laughs> um, you know, they still had like some of the weird stuff. You could do head stomps. Oh jeez. <laughs> You know, it was, it was extremely brutal and just kind of crazy. Oh, my gosh. So do you go to a, matches in or bouts or whatever they're called yeah, in person? Do you watch them even live? Or Honestly, I've only been to uh, – I, I tried to go to two. I've only been to one. Okay. Um, and I had fairly good seats, but it's so far back from the action. Yeah. It's way better to watch it on TV. Okay. So it's, it's, it's almost like – just about any other sport at this point, because yeah, it was great. It's just great on TV. Yeah, and what I was saying earlier, I used to do this thing where a whole bunch of us, like four or five of us, well, mainly three of us, the core was three of us would get together every weekend and watch UFC. Oh man, um, you know, so we'd go over to like my buddy Steven's place, who I played with in Baruka Sal, okay, and uh, Brian Leesgang, who was in Filter and Nine Inch Nails. The three of us would get together and watch UFC. Um, and in that context, Priscilla really liked it because it was a cool hang. Yeah. You know, they would have drinks and we would order dinner and it was, you know, it was fun. It was like a Saturday night over at Steven's place. Okay. With, yeah. So it's kind of like what I end up doing here with, with uh, college football. Yeah. I mean, it's more or less the same. The, the thing, the thing with UFC though, is the, the fighters, if, if you're not in like the top 10, 15, you make between generally like, you know, maybe five to 20 grand a fight. Okay. And you have to train, which means there's all those costs for a trainer, for a gym, for a locker, for your gear, for your diet, 
Um, you know, right. so if you're making five grand a fight, chances are you're walking away with like five hundred to a thousand dollars from fight night. Hmm. Okay. Um, okay. John Joneses and the Conor McGregor's, those guys are the only ones making really money, really big money. Ronda Rousey. Right. You know, because they're they're getting paid through sponsors. They're obviously their contracts been renegotiated because they're pulling in tens of thousands of people. They're getting pay per view cut. Right. Um, they're still not making boxing numbers, um, but they're they're making good money. Like you know, they can make up to a million bucks for a fight. Tonight. Um, so you know, in in general terms, it's very similar to boxing in the throwing of fists. Right. But while you're throwing a fist, you can also kick someone. Okay. Um, a really popular kick is kicking people in the leg. If you can take out their leg, it limits their movement. And it also limits Wait. the power in their punches because they can no longer put their weight on that leg. Okay. that make, That's a good strategy. That makes sense. Some guys will lose a fight just from leg kicks. Oh, Okay. Like you literally, I mean, it hurt. It's like, it's like someone hitting you in the leg with a baseball bat over and over. Oh God. With the hard part of their shin, either across your thigh or they're starting this, uh, a new one that's becoming popular is like kind of your lower leg in your calf. Okay. And that also does because in your calf, there's not a whole lot of meat there and your nerves are closer to the surface. Okay. It kills nerves and you can literally lose feeling you can lose the ability to move your leg after a couple leg kicks some guys kick harder than others i've seen people like not be able to move after like two or three kicks to their left oh my gosh and that's generally the end of the fight you can't defend yourself yeah well okay that makes sense that makes sense now what kind of what kind of moves are illegal you have to be knocked out or you have to be tapped out those so, are the only two ways to lose. So by, by tapping out, is that like a submission where you, yes. you're tapping out? Okay. Yeah. Guys generally, well, they do more now. Generally, guys didn't used to tap out. We're seeing it more and more. Pussies. Um, like if someone gets you in a choke, a lot of guys would go unconscious. God. On purpose, because it was kind of like a, yeah, I lost, but, you know. He had to knock me out. You know, if someone gets you in a submission where, you know, they got you in an arm bar, which was Ronda Rousey's big thing, you have to tap out or they're going to break your arm. Okay, so is that the one where they've got your arm straight out and they're kind of, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, between their legs and they're like raising their hip so it's pushing underneath oh, your arm. Yes. And basically pulling it out of the socket. <laughs> yeah. This is so brutal. <laughs> um, and then there's another version of that, which is a leg lock. Generally, people tap out on that, too, or they'll break your leg. That means you can't fight for months. Right. No you fighting, know, no money. Good. You can never fight again. Ugh. In my mind, like, I haven't followed sports in years. Okay. Uh, I've watched Super Bowl. I'll watch some basketball playoffs. Like, But I'm not an avid sports fan. I don't own any jerseys. You know, if right. I've got something else to do when the playoffs are on, I'm totally fine with that. Right. Um, when I was a kid, I absolutely adored sports. I played soccer. I played baseball, um, played a little bit of football with friends, but never at school or, uh, in a league or anything. Okay. Um, 
but I loved sports. Like a, a majority of my life revolved around sports. Um, and then, you know, when I started to get into music more seriously, you know, I would come home and learn to play the drums and play music instead of like going to baseball practice or soccer practice. So I kind of lost interest. I still liked sports as a thing to watch. Yeah. I think it was uh, maybe the year I moved out here, maybe 86, 87. I was still only like 17 years old, maybe 88 when baseball went on strike. Yeah. It was a big strike and there were no games for an entire year. I remember that. That's kind of when I lost interest in baseball for years. Yes. And it was that thing where I was just, you know, I understand there's a money thing and the owners are making all this money, but the talent should be making money. I don't understand the gold chains and the bling and the shitty attitudes and the unsportsmanship yeah. and the shooting stuff up so you can hit home runs. But the, yep. the straw that broke the camel's back was – when I thought about all of those kids who adored baseball, just like I adored baseball, had that stripped away from them yep. because the dudes in gold chains wanted more money. That's almost the exact same reaction I had. I, I got so angry for the same reason. You know, all right, yeah. I, I wanted to watch the game. I was that kid that wanted to watch the games, and they took That's it away. Cool. They, you know, they, they weren't you know, a, a minimum back in you – know, 88, 9, 88, 89, 90 of $125,000 a year wasn't enough for playing a game. So, so yeah. Now, since I moved back to D.C., the D.C. area uh, 12 years ago, I've gotten back into baseball a lot more because the time I moved up here was about the exact same, almost the exact same time that they gave D.C. a new baseball team. So as that team grew, I started getting more and more into it. So unfortunately they just, uh, you know, shit the bed this year. It's, uh, they're not doing, (laughs) they, they missed the playoffs. My, my attraction to UFC is two guys enter one guy leave. It's like, it's like gladiator, you know, it's pure unadulterated two men giving everything they've got so they don't get knocked out. Like, you don't lose the game. You get your ass knocked out. And it all depends on you. You've got everything on the line, and you're getting paid very little for it. Right. Yeah. Um, Apparently so. It's, just, it's To me, in the sportsmanship, I can't imagine being in a knockdown, drag-out fist fight with someone and then hugging them and congratulating them 15 minutes later. The, the bouts are 15 minutes long total? They're, well, the, uh, most bouts are three five-minute rounds. Okay. Uh, championship bouts or headlining bouts are five five-minute rounds. Okay. Yeah. So, if you're the main card, uh, the headliner, you fight five five-minute rounds. Okay. And it's, it's not something you necessarily have to be invested in for hours to see the outcome because you can watch the guy okay. that you're into and then yeah. go do something else. And there's, they, there's, uh, uh, there's usually, like, I, I generally watch all of them. It'll start at, like, 4 in the afternoon. Like, 4 to 5 will be the, uh, the serious undercard. Like, no one shows up at the arena that are on uh, Fight Pass. Right. Um, and then uh, from 5 to 7 are, like, the prelims, which is generally five bouts. Okay. And then the main card, which is generally five, maybe six bouts, is from seven to nine or ten o'clock. Okay, that's not bad. That, yeah, 
but you can, you know, you can come and go and watch any of them, and you're, you know, you're, you're not going to lose the plot. Like right. there is no plot. There's two guys <laughs> fighting. One guy wins. Twenty minutes later, the next two get in the ring. So, what is there anything that's illegal? Because I've seen some insane stuff in, yes. in, in some of the highlights that I've seen. Yeah, you cannot kick a guy or knee a guy in the head when he's down. Okay. When he's up, it's okay. Well, if if a guy is down on both knees, you can't hit him. Okay. In the head. If he brings up one knee, uh, I think they they just changed the rules. I think if he bring as soon as he brings that first knee up, because obviously he wants to get up because you can still punch him. Yeah. And you can still knee him in the chest. Okay. Uh, as soon as he brings that hand and that knee up, you can strike him. Ah, okay. Uh, you, uh, what's the other one? Elbows. You cannot elbow a person straight down. 90 okay. degrees. You can't elbow them like that, but you can elbow them to the side like that. Does that anywhere on the body you can't elbow straight yeah. down? Uh, no, that's only on the head. Oh, okay, okay. Only on the head. And it's a stupid rule. <laughs> uh, it makes no sense. Like, you can generate enough force just hitting someone with your elbow from any direction and mess them up pretty bad. Yeah, I can imagine you could almost maybe get a little more force if you're going across your body than straight down. Yeah, the, it, it, the rule, I think, was created because there was some, like, kung fu dude or, I don't know, somebody did a demonstration with a melon. Yeah. Where he, you know, did this and first the melon. It was around the same time that the UFC was trying to legitimize themselves and started creating some rules and rounds and time yeah. uh, rounds and, you know, a couple other things. Okay. Um, let's see. Are there any other rules? Uh, so like nut shots are okay. No, no nut shots. Okay. Uh, you can't kick someone in the nuts. When you kick someone in the nuts, they get like up to a five minute timeout to walk it off. Oh, okay. Well, Which good. you generally don't want to do. Because then that gives the person a rest. Right. Uh, You know, it can really, like, kicking someone in the nuts in UFC can be a a benefit. It's not something you generally want to do. It's something you want to avoid. Okay. Some guys will kick you in the nuts if they're about to lose the fight. I've seen it happen. Give themselves five minutes to rest? Yeah, generally you don't want to accidentally kick someone because you get inside leg kicks all the time. Yeah. Um, or there'll be like a straight kick to the stomach. Okay. You know, and the person just happens to jump up or move while you do it, you know, and they walk into it a lot of times. Right. Or you're in a weird angle when you do it and you, you know, generally it's an accident. Okay. Okay. Um, I've seen it done where a guy's like, he wants to get out of trouble. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, if, if you're... Uh, like a five minute timeout up to yeah. five minutes you can kick the guy that hard he could wave it off okay there's nothing that says the guy the guy who got kicked has to stop oh okay okay so it's yeah. not like in football where you throw a, they throw a flag and it's it's the no. penalty and it's enforced no. generally the ref when he's generally the person who gets kicked in the nuts signals that he got kicked in the nuts same with eye pokes Okay. And the ref will stop it based on that. Sometimes he won't because he didn't actually see it. So you got to be careful trying to get the ref's attention 
Because if he doesn't call a timeout, you might get punched in the head paying attention to something else. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. I've seen dudes get knocked out trying to, like, call a foul instead of letting the ref do it. Oh, geez. Like, you don't take your eyes off the fighter. You know, like Merriweather. Yeah. Like, Merriweather did to, uh, what was that one kid's name? Uh, remember when he knocked him out? Um, it was a couple of years ago. It was an up-and-comer. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mayweather basically, like, the kid tried to call a foul, and the ref wasn't coming in, and Mayweather, like, knocked him out. Yep. yep. Total sucker punch. I remember that. I, yeah, now that you mentioned that, I, I remember that. So, and now, you've, you've been in the studio with Failure. So, you're the drummer for Failure. Done a lot of drumming for a lot of people, like you mentioned, Veruca Salt. Uh, you, yeah. You've done some drumming for... Everybody who's worked with Linda Perry, apparently, uh, Christina Aguilera, Dr. Dre. Uh, yeah, a lot of stuff. So you've done, and I'll tell you one thing that I'm a huge failure fan, and I, I know we've, we've talked about this in the past, but what? Did you hear the new EP we put out two weeks ago? I did. I got it the second it was downloaded. I, I bought the album on uh, Pledge Music. So oh, yeah. Yeah, so every, I bought the autographed one. Yeah. So um, I'm expecting to get a nice autograph from the three of you guys. But yeah. when it, so when the EPs are released, I get them automatically. So at, so this is the third EP out of a of a plant four. And this is my favorite out of the three so far. Yeah, well, it's supposed to be three EPs and then the full record. Okay. But the way it's going to work out is you'll wind up getting four EPs because they're only digital downloads. Right. And then when the record's pressed, everyone will get the full double record. Okay. So that this EP is the fi- my favorite of the three that have come out. The, the songs are amazing. This oh, distort- cool. Distorted Fields might actually be my favorite failure song of all time. Just the, uh, uh, the the bass and the drum are, are incredibly heavy, but there's also those little the little. Um, it sounds like somebody's hitting the uh, the strings right above the nut. The yeah. little, these little chimes that that come yeah. through. It's it's all those little touches that I absolutely love. Yeah, sonically it's pretty cool. It reminds me of a faster heliotropic. Yeah, they both have a, a same sort of like really heavy dark plotting um that wasn't a fun one to report oh no no well why not um, just that that drum part really took a lot of effort and a lot of work to get good oh man well it, it paid off because it's it's probably my favorite failure song to date it's it's uh it's amazing and and, and uh heavy and blind is good and uh oh what's the first song i love um, found a way. That, uh, found a way. That I yeah. That one that one turned out to be a sleeper. In the earlier phases, um, I don't think we were very sure about it. Okay. Um, it it kind of went uh, just the more 
stuff that got added to it. I mean, it just for me anyway, like just became a really great song. Yeah, it it sounds like it could have been on Magnified. Yeah, yeah. So, which, which for those who don't know, is uh, Failure's second full length album. So, yeah. But what really impressed me was that you posted we're heading into the studio, and then two weeks like like two weeks later the the EP comes out. Well, it's about to happen to you again. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's- we, uh, we go in to do drums on the last batch. Uh, next weekend, the 29th. Oh, awesome. So you guys will probably have the fourth one by, I don't know, the second or third week of October. Oh, my gosh. Man, that'd be fantastic. That'd be a good... campaign. It says we're going to be done by October. I think... I, honestly, I don't remember. I just... I saw it and I, and I bought it. I didn't even care yeah, what the, the date writing, was. The writing, um, Ken and Greg have just been pumping them out. Some of it is, like, we tend to do really well when we're under deadlines. Okay. And Greg is getting ready to start back up with Perfect Circle on October 10th. Oh, really? Yeah, and he was gone for the month of May, June, and I think some of July. So we only had, like, the end of July, August, September to finish the second half of the record. Oh, wow. Um, so they've been working really hard writing stuff. Um, you know, and they, they write, they write and demo out the songs and then I get them and, uh, uh, take like a week or two working out drum parts or, um, refining the drum parts that are there. Okay. Yeah. A lot, a lot of the stuff on this record, um, uh, I'm not entirely sure, but I think, well, Distorted Fields, Ken actually wrote that entire song. Okay. Um, so when I got it, it already had a very similar drum beat on it. Right. Um, which Ken had programmed in there. Oh, okay. He programmed just crazy drum beat um, that couldn't be played. Oh, geez. Um, it, it could almost be played, like 90% of it, and then there was that 10% that I had to change so it could be played by a human. And <laughs> even that is like, it's like really close. Oh, like, this is always going to be one of those songs where I really have to focus to play it. Is it going to be in the uh, the live show? Oh yeah, I'm sure it will. Good. Do so you guys have touring plans eventually? Uh, we haven't booked anything yet, but I imagine that we'll be going out to support this record in like January, February. Oh, awesome! It gives me time to to get prepared. Yeah. Because when you guys come to this area, DC area, I definitely got to catch you. Um, yeah, hopefully we'll be at the nine thirty this time. That would be. I love the nine thirty. Yeah, that's one of my favorite clubs. Yeah. We got stuck out in uh, uh, Maryland, I think, last time at the uh, Forum. Uh, yeah, I, I hate going to Maryland for shows. There? Uh, there's street stage. Um, there's the well, there's the Baltimore Sound Stage. The Sound Stage. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we were there. We did that. We did the nine thirty. I think twice. I prefer the nine thirty. The nine thirty. We played the 9:30 when it was still Wust Hall oh, back the, in '93. Oh, back at the old 9:30. Yeah, it was like the Navy or the Air Force gymnasium. Yeah. Back then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we played there with Tool in '93. Oh man, I, see that was one of the tours I wanted to go. I was in New Jersey then, and I, I wanted to go see you guys. And I don't, I remember seeing that the tour was coming out, and 
I don't remember why I couldn't go. I'm sure it was some financial problem, but yeah. So unfortunately I have never had a chance to catch failure live. So when you guys come around, I'm going to have to do it. Dude. I know. You've never seen us live. No, I, I've, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna admit right now. I like the records are really cool. Yeah, but when you see us live and it sounds exactly like the friggin' record, your pumpkin is just blown. <laughs> well, that's that's awesome. I know now. I I will admit, and I probably shouldn't do this. I do have a bunch of failure bootlegs. That's fine. So we've I, never money, so it's not like we're losing anything. <laughs> You know, I'd be upset if we were actually selling stuff and there was like this, you know, million dollar market out there that we weren't tapping into. Of people things. But if we wouldn't be as popular as we are today after breaking up if people wouldn't have bootlegged stuff and spread it around all these years. Oh, see, there you go. So the so didn't get bigger for breaking up. You know? <laughs> well, people were bootlegging stuff and passing it around. Well, and I'll, I'll tell you that the albums you guys have done since reforming have been the best stuff you guys have done. So it's, I, I think so. I think, well, I, I have a hard time calling it the best because at the time, I think we've always made the best record possible. Mm-hmm. I, I think this record today is just as great as fantastic planet was the day that we were working and finishing that. Yeah. And that was one of my favorite albums back then when that came out. But, but, but I, in saying that, we do become better as a band. And I think our records become richer, and I think we evolve. Um, and it doesn't get boring or stale. Or, you know, we, 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 we're not competing with a lot of the downfalls that I think most other bands compete with when they've been around for so long and trying to still make records. You know, so far we've managed to continue to make records like we're a new and thriving upcoming band. Yeah, and you, your albums don't sound stale. I mean, you can definitely tell a failure song when you hear it. There's definitely a sound to the band, but like, it's... Even then, like, this record doesn't sound like the last record. Like, there's, no. there's stark differences. If you put them side by side, they sound like the same bands. You know it's the same bands, but... Sonically, like there's a lot of differences between the two records. Oh yeah, from and from what I've heard of the new EP, or the new EP, the new album, the three quarters of it that I've heard, it's yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I definitely agree. Now, I, you probably I don't know if you can if you can answer this at all, but I've only seen it shown as LP five. You guys are gonna actually have a name for the album, or is it just gonna be LP five? Yeah, the theme is all four EPs combined together. What, now, what is the first EP? Because the first EP that I that I have, it, it just... Here's, here's, here's the whole deal in a nutshell. When we were getting together to decide how we were going to do the record, we took into consideration that I have a full-time job, Greg was having a baby, um, and Ken was going through a lot of personal stuff, which um, I'm sure everyone will know about soon. It's not really my place to say what it is. Right, right. Um, you know, and uh, uh, we just had a lot of stuff going on. And even even the things that we planned for, a lot of other stuff has come up in our lives, like Greg with the Perfect Circle thing. Yeah. Ken's been doing a lot of other records. Um, I had a horrible tragedy in my life a couple months ago. Yeah, I remember. Um, 
so you know life still happens and we decided that we needed to make a plan for that and our plan was that we were going to do things slightly different in that we wouldn't be able to lock ourselves away somewhere and write and record a record from start to finish over a six-month period. Right. That just wasn't going to happen. Um, so what we did do was we decided that we were going to make the record in EPs, in installments. We were going to do a batch of the record at a time, and we were going to release them so you know people wouldn't have to wait an entire other year for new music from us. Right. Uh, and then that kind of led to the idea of we came up with one master artwork and one really long title for the record. Okay. So our way of doing it would be since we can only, you know, I, I literally like I've spent four days. It'll be four days on drums. You know, every two <laughs> months I spend a day recording the drums. So that gives me room to do all the stuff I need to do in my life. Right. You know, here and there I do pre-production. I'll go out to a buddy's studio and work over the songs and tighten up the parts and, you know, make sure I'm ready when it comes recording day. Um, and Ken and Greg will get together, like, you know, once or twice a week over, you know, like a month period writing and arranging the songs. But generally we have a lot of free time oh, yeah, um, yeah. to do life. Yeah, yeah. So what we did is... We basically decided that we would have four releases, and each release would be a section of the artwork that we already had and a section of the title. Okay. In the future is the first part of the title and the first part of the artwork. Okay. Um, yeah. And then uh, uh, Your Body Will Be is the second part of the title, the second EP, and the second part of the artwork. Um, and then you have The Furthest Thing, which is the third part, and so on. Okay. The fourth part will be the last installment of the artwork and the last installment of you'll all have the full title. Okay, because when I uh, download... What you have is you can't put the EPs together in a way where you'll be able to see what the final artwork is. Oh, no. Okay. But once you see the final artwork, you'll see how all the EPs equal that. Okay. But when I downloaded the first EP, it came out it just said LP5. Yeah. So it didn't say in the future. Oh, it didn't? No. No, not, oh, on, not on my computer anyway. To. Yeah, it was supposed to. So, and it may have just been how, I, how it came out on my computer. It's just, I'll have to, I'll, I can manually do it myself now, but so now yeah. it makes a lot more sense. Yeah, the first PE, so far it's in the future, your body will be the furthest thing. Okay. All right, well, that, that makes better because it was just showing up as LP5. <laughs> your body will be the furthest thing. So, yeah. All right. That makes a lot more sense. So for those who haven't done it yet, and are, but are interested, maybe haven't caught on that you guys are doing this, where can everybody find the new EPs? Um, you can go to Pledge Music. If you want to get the entire record, I suggest going to Pledge Music. We're going to be making physical copies of it, uh, CD and vinyl. Right. If you buy one of those two things and they're like T-shirts on there and some other stuff, but generally if you buy those two things, you'll get the downloads, the digital downloads. Yeah, and that's what I did. As each one of them comes out. At this point, if you were to buy it today, you would get the digital download for the first three EPs. So that's that's awesome. And the price and the fourth download in like three or four weeks. <laughs> and and it's it's fantastic. I mean, I I spent. 
20 bucks. And when it's done, I get an autographed CD copy of the album and I get the downloads. You know, for us, it's a fun, you know, cool way to, you know, it keeps it fresh being able to approach how we do what we do in a different way. Yeah. Uh, you know, and have a little bit of fun with it, but also, um, you know, we love what we do, but you know, you've heard about it and seen it with so other, so many other bands like it can, and in the nineties, like it can totally take over your entire life. Oh, I can only imagine. Compared to your friends and your family and your kids and, you know, that for us, we've, we've managed to, since we've gotten back together, managed to strike a balance with, you know, here's this thing that we do together that we really love and we're really good at. How can we do that so we can still have a family life that keeps up with our obligations? We're able to show up for the people that we say we're going to show up for and that we love. And, you know, it has to be a balance. So we do like three week tours. That's awesome. You know? And Jeez. then we're home for like a month and then we'll go out for three more weeks. And, you know, so and the same thing with the record, you know. Um, yeah. And even on the last record, when we lock ourselves away, it's like any other job. Oh, daddy's going off to work. You know, we go yeah. to work, we get there at 10 a.m., and we all come home at like 6 p.m. Like on the weekends. See, that, that's great. And especially, uh, you, you don't get that a lot, or, or I don't hear about that a lot with, with other bands. It's, it's good that you guys are all in the same frame of mind and, and have the same approach to this. That's, you, you don't get yeah. to hear about that a whole lot. Well, and it, I mean, it's also because we got to step away from it, right? you know, and all those years of being away from it, you get to see how you wished you had done things differently. Um, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. how you could have yeah. done things differently, you know, and knowing those lessons when we got back together, I mean, it made perfect sense that uh, things would go forward better than they ever have because we started out all on the same page all of us agreeing like what we wanted and how we wanted to do it. And, uh, you know, it's just one more thing that's made us a tighter unit than ever. Well, that's awesome. And I'm really anxious to hear the rest of the album. Uh, where can, where can everybody find you guys on uh, social media? Um, Pledge, or you can go to our website, uh, uh, failureband.com. Okay. Uh, buy it there. And there's also like t-shirts and previous records there. Or uh, actually, you can get it on iTunes. You can get the digital on iTunes. Uh, I think you can buy all three sections oh, for like I think four bucks. Oh wow, that's each. awesome! Yeah, because they're only EPs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that makes sense. So, and you guys are on social media. Where can people find you? They can find you personally if they want to uh, find you or the band. Yeah, I find Kelly Scott Facebook, Kelly Scott Twitter, Kelly Scott Instagram. Um, uh, I believe Ken and Greg's is pretty much the same thing on all those, uh, platforms and, uh, failure Facebook page and failure bandage, uh, failure band IG, IG. is on Instagram. All right. Uh, uh, at failure is our, uh, Twitter. All right. Well guys, this, uh, this fantastic segment, this educational segment about MMA is brought to you by Morose Gert from the people who brought you Gogurt comes Morose Gert. With sayings like, what's your credit score? And retirement has been bumped up to 75, you know, on the back of the lids. Moroser gives you just the right amount of reality to keep you grounded while enjoying a spoonful of Tahitian vanilla or Brazilian coconut yogurt. Thank you, Moroser. All right, Kelly, thank you for coming on, man. I appreciate it. I'm, uh, I, feel, I feel bad that Tommy and Eric missed you. 
Uh, well, you know, there's the future. Yeah, we'll get you on again. Uh, we'll we'll uh, pencil in another day. Yeah, maybe. You know what? Maybe we'll get you to go down to Eric's bar when it opens up. Rye Fox down in uh, somewhere in in. I would be also more than happy to come on like one of the actual sports shows and just call bullshit on everybody. Oh well, that's that's we, that's what we're looking for. We're always we love to do that. I mean, you should have an instigator on the show, like one guy that just doesn't like sports. <laughs> you know what? We should do that. We we've got uh, three guys. We used to be four, but now we got three who really don't know dick about sports. Talking sports, right? Well, I mean, I guess we kind of, we, we know generally speaking about sports. We know what we like. But I'll bet as, as it goes on. People are like doing more research in the background. Oh like, yeah, everyone's going to be a friggin' sportscaster. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because we'll we'll be sitting there, we'll, we'll be talking, and uh, oh hey, who's uh, so who do the Redskins play next week? I don't know. Well, what, aren't you you know aren't you a fan? Well, no, not really. So who you know? I can tell you who Alabama's playing because that's that's my my team, college football, but. Do you think they're ever going to change their logo? The Redskins? No, not while Dan Snyder owns them. Um, I know they've they've thrown out possibilities like the Washington Warriors and. Yeah, you can't name them after a, what is that? A, a basketball team? Who the Warriors? Oh, the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, yeah, you can't. You, yeah, you can't do that anymore. Now that you've got the Giants in San Francisco for baseball and the New York Giants, but San Francisco Giants used to be the New York Giants of baseball. You should call them, they should be like the death ring. <laughs> uh, oh my God, that's my favorite. That, that's like my favorite saying. I, half the people I tell that to don't, have no idea what the hell I'm talking about when I, when I say the Malachi that's, Crunch. Okay, that's OG. That's, yeah, that's a I classic. I remember when that episode came out, like you would just walk around school or just uh, on the streets with your friends. And you'd like wink at your other friend to the left of them, and you'd Malachi crunch them in the middle. Oh yeah, and you you, you have to yell out Malachi crunch. Yeah, and that was that's my favorite. I used to, I was I was a recipient of enough of those. I'll tell you, I've always been the like the short guy in in the group. I never got Malachi. Oh, I, I, I did. Uh, I I had a couple of attempts that I ducked out of the way, <laughs> and uh, they basically crunched each other. <laughs> and that was the beginning of your love of MMA. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, it's a, it's a good. Uh, um, I mean, I hesitate to even call it a sport because it just doesn't it doesn't fit with all the other ones. Yeah, it's much more than what what's happened to organized sports in general. Yeah, well, what's going on with the NFL is ridiculous. I don't know. If, I know you see- probably over time. I mean, they'll get bigger, and you know, the Reebok outfits were kind of a stain. Um, you know, because a lot of guys, like, uh, the money they were making was from advertisements. Like, when you take that away, and Reebok's not going to pay those dudes what, like, the local garage was paying them. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, that was kind of screwed up. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, you know, once once big money starts getting in, into things, and, you know, I mean, big money's in every sport now. It's just, it doesn't yeah. matter, but, yeah. you know... Then you got to start. You've got responsibilities to their image, and it's just yeah. It, it gets yeah, they get a vote. They get a vote for their money. They get to say how they want things to go. Exactly, exactly. So, and that's why, like, like you don't, you can't expect uh, guys like the the NFL commissioner Roger Goodell to do anything 
that the NFL owners aren't going to allow him to do because they pay his salary. So that's just that's just a joke. But I'll let you go. I know you, you got stuff to do. And thank you so much for coming on. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.